It's Fire Away Friday. Fire Away Friday. On Exploring the Word, this is your chance to ask us your Bible question. You can email your question at word at AFR.net or visit Facebook.com slash Exploring the Word. Exploring the Word. It's Fire Away Friday on American Family Radio. Well, this is a special edition of Fire Away Friday. On Fire Away Friday, we usually do one or two things, and that is answer all the questions you'd call in. Or we do pre-records, but every once in a while, we'll have even a greater privilege to interview someone, and that's what we're going to do today. And uh, this is an important day for us. We're still praying that those of you who are quarantined, those of of you that's uh, in your home, and those of you that are essential workers for your safety, uh, we're still praying for that and want you to know that Alex and myself and all of everybody at AFR is concerned with you. You pray for us, we'll pray for you, and we're asking God to just do a great, great work during this period of time when we can look unto him, the author and finisher of our faith. It's always a privilege to have a special guest with us on Fire Away Friday. Well, it is. It is. And, you know, this particular guest is very special to me for a couple of reasons. We love the Word of God and we love the gospel message, but I love music. I grew up in a very musical family, and you know, it's been pointed out by a lot of people, Christianity is unique in that it is a singing faith. I mean, Christianity not only has so much to do with music, some of the greatest, most beloved songs in human history are Christian hymns. And today, we can't meet Isaac Watts or Charles Wesley or Fanny Crosby till we get to heaven, but today we really do have a privilege of meeting a hymn writer and and somebody who has taught the church how to sing God's praises like few others of our lifetime, and it's Keith Getty. Uh, I'm so glad we're going to have him on Exploring the Word right now. It was my privilege about 14, 15 years ago when I was in Charlotte leading a, a small seminary in college. We had a conference, and we had Keith and Kristen Getty come, and at that point, they were not as world-renowned as they are now, but they led us in worship, and that's just one of the highlights that I cherish of my journey was the time that we had the Gettys in a conference. But Keith, I believe we have on the line. Now, Keith, are you there, my friend? I am, thanks. Thanks. If you don't mind me asking, uh, where are you calling in from? Well, I'm in Nashville at the minute. We were, we, we, at some point in this season, go back to Ireland, but I have a feeling that's not going to be happening this year, because um, things are just a little bit different this year. <laughs> well, they, they really are. And um, has, has this, you know, I'm sure it has impacted your work schedule or your travel schedule, the performing schedule? I'm sure it has. Yeah, at some levels it has, yeah. I mean, obviously it's, it's affected everything. The, the, obviously the performing side of what we've done has completely stopped. The writing side and, and the really the, the being the stewardship of modern hymns continues really much the same way um, but but so it's, a, so it's a unique time because in one hand one hand we're getting precious time with our kids and Chris and I are learning so much about the importance of just we're learning learning just a lot of things about family and we also we're pretty good and pretty prioritized but we realize just how important this is and for our family and secondly the opportunities for the gospel are great we've got people finally realizing they're dispensable realizing the things they sweat about in life and stress about you know, can just be taken from them in a second. We, we, people are spending more time with their own families instead of away from them, and, and they're being confronted with life and death at every moment. And so I think the opportunity for the gospel is huge, and I think him speaking to that in a unique way, and in the providence of God, you know, that Christ are hoping life and death. And then, then the family thing we did in St. Patrick's Evening, which was just a one-off fun thing, has opened up new doors as well. So at one side, the opportunities for the gospel for all of us 
And these six to nine months is extraordinary. On the other side, you know, we have the global situation of, of mass deaths, mass genocide, I guess. And, and it hasn't even reached Africa yet, where there is in large in large swathes of that continent, there's there's one toilet for 24 people. So I can mm. only imagine it is going to be devastating. But, and on a local level, we, we the Gideon's group that look after all our development of hymns around the world has got two event companies. We have the same conference, and we have the touring company. And uh, and so it, it's, there's a massive pressure on those people right now. So it's a, it, it really is it's, it's a curious time to, to live so much between at, at, at the extremes of East and West. So I, I can't imagine for, 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 you, for you guys at, uh, at the family, family, just all the different stuff that you're, you're having to work through, too, and, and, and indeed how people need how people need your programs. Well, we appreciate that, Keith, so much. And music is, is so vital. Uh, Alex loves it and can produce it. I just simply love it. I don't produce it at all. But I, I just want to tell you, the number of people, my wife is on Facebook, and the number of people that we know that are uh, at home and, and they just sing or play, how many of them are singing some old hymns, some great scriptures, and uh, she'll sit there and she said, Bert, you'll need to hear this. Keith, so we appreciate that about what you and and Kristen are doing, even on Facebook, is sharing you and your family, and uh, it's a blessing to have that. Music really ministers to the soul, especially when it's scripture, doesn't it? No, absolutely. You know, it was actually St. Athanasius who said, the Word of God speaks to us, and the Psalms speak for us. In other words, songs that are that are scripture or songs that are about scripture, they speak for us. They they give us a grammar for what we believe. They give us an outlet for our souls. And 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 the importance of of singing with our kids is just so crucial because the songs they learn as kids stay with them through life. The songs they learn as kids, they sing not just to their mind but to their soul. Um, and and, and indeed they sing into their memory banks. You know, Alistair Begg, the old pastor, used to always say, you know, we. We spend so many hours a day taking our kids to ballet or sports or parties or shops or school. We've got to make sure every day we're planting something of the eternal infant they will never forget. As important as all these things can be, we've got to make sure we're planting something of the eternal. And, uh, that, and that's why songs are there. That's why even the Hebrew people were told in Deuteronomy and the Shema to, to write these truths in their hearts. Singing the hymns of Scripture, singing Scripture, as you say, allows us to write the truths of God in our children's hearts. And the next this year... The next three months, the next six months, the next nine months is a is a critical time for anybody who has children or grandchildren or any care of them. Well, does oh, that ha- go ahead, Alex? Give us a little bit of background how you personally not only got into music but specifically writing Christian music. And is there a certain way that you go about writing hymns now? I mean, do it, does it just come when the Holy Spirit puts something on your heart, or do you have kind of a regimen that you you know do to compose? Sure. Well, it started up. The reason we wanted to write hymns was because Christians can be very naive as to the direction of where the world is going. And my personal conviction, which I learned from other people who were wiser, was the challenges to Christians in the 21st century are far greater than any point in history. As much as our kids love to watch, you know, uh, a Disney movie or something, these things are now highly unchristian. And so to build deep believers in our generation, we need to be getting the truths into their hearts at a young age, not just because the Scripture tells us to, but because it is urgent, it Amen. is vital. Oh, I, I'm, going to inter- I'm going to interrupt, Keith, and I, I, it's bad to do for a guest, but we want to get one of your songs in in this first segment. So I, I want to do that. I was given those orders, sure. okay? So, oh, uh, 
And They're not it, under order. Okay. It is he will hold me fast. Can you give a 15-second a tw- introduction of that song and what it's about? Yeah, he will hold me fast. One, it's an old hymn rewritten by one of our one of our buddies. Okay. And, 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 of course, the beautiful melody is um, still my soul as well. Oh, me fast. 
listening to the Gettys here on Exploring the Word, and we'll be back with more interviews and more of that great music. Don't go away here on AFR, Exploring the Word. Welcome back to Exploring the Word on American Family Radio. Welcome back to Exploring the Word on the American Family Radio Network. You know, Ephesians 5.19 says that believers are to uh, speak one to another with psalms and hymns and spiritual songs, making music from your heart to the Lord. Well, helping the world to do that, helping the world to make melody in their heart to the Lord for years has been Keith and Kristen Getty, originally from Ireland, and uh, we're talking with Keith, who is in Nashville right now. And Keith, again, we're so honored to have you on Exploring the Word. And um, hey, I've got to ask you a question. Um, is there a difference between hymns and praise music? Well, in one sense, they're all songs of praise to God, and they say there's no difference scientifically. I think the priorities with, with hymns was usually was usually more of helping us understand more about God through the theology of it. The, the songs themselves were usually a hymn book, for example, only qualifies a hymn if it can be sung for the duration of the publication. So if it's a hymn, if it's likely to be a song sung for thirty years or something like that, and then they're very much simple melodies that that, that require that don't necessarily require an orchestra or a rock band or a production, but they can be sung unaccompanied or sung very simply. So in that sense, in, that, in, in those three senses, our music is much closer to hymns than the, mm-hmm. than the modern praise music movement, which is much more simplistic, uh, and individually centered songs. They tend to be songs that sound like music now rather than tomorrow, uh, and they usually need quite a lot of production as well. Well, and and I want to commend you um, because, you know, uh, Bert and I are both Bible teachers, and, and my ministry really has been really apologetics, and doctrine is so vitally important, biblical truth, and your your songs do that. The lyrics do impart deep biblical theology, and that's so important, and I just want to, I want to recognize what a great job you all are doing to really convey biblical truth through your music and lyrics. Thank you. And we, okay, he will hold me fast we just heard that uh, beautiful sound, but it's moving as well. You know, uh, uh, some some songs are able to do that, and and I've noticed this about the songs that you guys write. They not only teach, they not only motivate and glorify, but they move the soul, uh, Keith. And, and that one does as well, doesn't it? He will hold me fast. Well, thank you, thank you, thank and, you. Yeah, it's a, it's a it's a really important message for this time. I think so. I agree. The second song we want to sing in this segment, we're going to get it in faster this time, so we don't. I won't interrupt you again. Is Christ our hope in life and death? Uh, can you tell us a little bit about that song, Christ our absolutely. hope in life and death? No, absolutely. This was a song we started two years ago. It's built on the 16th century Heidelberg Catechism, which begins, "What is our hope in life and in death?" 
and uh, and the the, the the catechism really is it's beautiful about the glory of God, about, about the center of Christ in every part of life. And I think it's quite emotionally connected. But one of our writers, Matt Boswell, was was um, was was work, was talking to his son a bit at night. He was putting him to bed, and his son had a lot of fears. And he thought, I wonder, could I teach him this? And then he thought, No, far better than trying to get your kids to teach them something. They learn it far better if they actually sing it. So we decided to set it to music, and that, that was the beginning of that, with the chorus to it, and our, our team put it together. Well, it is beautiful, and we're going to hear it now. Uh, Mark's going to put it on, and after it's over, Alex, uh, you ready to ask question without interruption this time from me, brother? It sounds good. <laughs> okay, go ahead, Mark. Hey! 
Christ is our hope in life and death. You're listening to Exploring the Word on the American Family Radio Network. Alex and Bert speaking with Keith Getty. Just such a gift to the church, all of this music. I've got to ask you this. Your, your you know, annual event in the fall, do you anticipate that the corona situation is going to impact the Sing the Scriptures event coming up this fall? Um, yes and no. I mean, we, the, the event will definitely happen. We are, we are planning for it to happen, and we've also developed a, a, a quite elaborate uh, online thing, which is more than just streaming, but a, a very a very sophisticated online thing, which leads to an online learning program this year. So, so there is there is a backup, at least for those who can't make it or who can't afford to make it anymore. There is a backup for them. And then, of course, if there is a worst-case scenario that it doesn't happen, it's you know the whole thing will be available in what, in what is quite an elaborate online online uh, thing is developed, uh, online program that we've developed. Um, but 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 you know, either way, it's a it's a huge it's a huge program, and and at the minute we are so involved, we're we're so focusing singing in the home. You know, somebody the first radio interview I did last week, somebody said, "You're Mr. Congregational Singing." So it looks like it looks like you're out of work for a few months, and I said, absolutely not. I mean, the promise in Scripture is where two or three are gathered. So that is the home and the church. And if we look through church history, from the church fathers to Martin Luther to John Calvin to Charles Wesley, whatever the theological persuasion, all of these guys were, were very, very prescriptive. And indeed, the early the early American settlers, the early American Puritans that brought Christianity to America were huge believers in the family singing the Scriptures and the church singing the Scriptures. That the family would sing in six days a week, and then on Sunday, that was the sort of, the, 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 that was the, the, the finale of the week where they got together and sang. And yes. uh, so uh, people say congregational singing is struggling at the minute, and I, I personally believe it is, but I believe part of that is because people are not singing to the Lord every day in their homes. You know, they're not gathering around That's the piano, or they're, not, or they're not using their iPhone, they're not singing grace, they're not singing last year night. You know, and it, so not because... So if, if it doesn't happen in the home, we can't expect that. It's like it's like Christian leaders. It's like it's like Christians pointing out other people's moral feelings when you know they're not. We don't practice it in our home, and, and that's why this has been so challenging for us. Is because we have no responsibility to men other than constantly looking after our own girls. And uh, and so we we started it about four years ago. Just nothing fancy. We're not we're not experts in education or or, or family psychology or anything like that. We just. We just take the girls up at night time to their bed. We stick some toothpaste in their mouth. We sit them in the toilet. We throw them into the bed, and uh, and we sing a hymn. That's what we do every night. And we sit there, and it's fun. And some nights it lasts a short time when we do a prayer. Other nights we sit and chat about it for ages. And but either way, you know, singing. We 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 have our girls. We just do a hymn every month. We sing the same hymn every day for the whole month. And uh, and, and we think it's really important. Um, to, to, for them to be singing something that they will remember for the rest of their lives, they'll sing to their souls. So when we have these scriptures that are so biblical and and we teach them, there's something about a, a melody, uh, a rhythm that helps you. I, I think about that with our sons. We help them memorize the books of the New Testament uh, w- with a song. My wife did it. I didn't, guys. I couldn't do it. But but it goes so far as you set scripture or, or the theme of scripture to song, aren't you? You're you're not just putting it in your brain. You're putting it in your life. You're putting it in your soul. Um, it, it I think it causes it to go deeper, Keith. You know, it's something as you said earlier. 
if you learn it as a child, it stays with you. I think you, if you let it in like that, it stays with you a long time, doesn't it? That's right. And there are too many people around today who are saying they really, they really believe in the Bible and they're all about the Word of God and the authority of the Bible. And they're not excited about singing. Well, 20% of the Bible is songs. And so if God, God made us and He understands how we work, He knows that if this is what we need to, need to, need to take in needs to be done by songs. He understands that. And he made us that way, and that's why, you know, singing is so much, of, so much a part of from our, our our holiness to our health. Yeah. Uh, l- let me say this: uh, I was in a, a major music store the other day, and uh, the manager I've been witnessing to, talking to, and and he he remarked that he said if it wasn't for the church, he said we really wouldn't have any bands. He said a lot of younger people. They, they might get an instrument and they play it alone, but he said, you know, bands and people playing together in a group, if it weren't for the churches, you know, his store would really be suffering. And, you know, I use that as a kind of a springboard to talk about the gospel. And Keith, for centuries, the church has given so much to the culture, literature and socialization, so many things, not the least of which is the message of salvation, but the church has given to the culture music. And we're seeing a lot of, um, I'm in a lot of churches to speak where sometimes they'll lament that they can't find a piano player anymore. Talk to us a little bit about the importance of, you know, encouraging people to learn music, learn theory, learn how to read music, but learn how to play. I mean, we need organists and piano players, and we need to play as a a group. Speak to that, brother. Well, I think, I mean, I think to be honest, you know, a high view of art is important because a high view of art is a high view of life. In other words, in other words, if you sing a great hymn, it may be great art, but it, it, it filters into every other part of life. So, Great Is Thy Faithfulness is a very poetic, beautiful hymn, or, or Holy, Holy, Holy Lord God Almighty. is a stunningly perfect melody with one of the finest poets of his generation. Well, people sing that throughout the whole of their life. That has more of a pastoral help to them in their own faith than some silly song which goes, you're holy, oh Lord, you're holy, or something like that. Jeremy, just some stupid song which you sing for a short period of time and then you drop because, frankly, it isn't worth keeping. You know, so yeah. a high view of art does trickle into every other part of life. It's not some kind of weird, optional kind of twist in the corner of the room. Art, when it is done right, contributes to every part of life. <clears throat> um, and singing is the only art that we're all commanded to do. In other words, so architecture shapes a culture. You know, um, film music shapes our mood when we're watching a film. But singing is the only one that we're all commanded to do. It is so important. And so that's why, that's why, um, that, that's why we take it seriously, and that's why it's important. Yeah, a, a Christian generation who grew up and filled their home with songs of the Lord is healthy. But also, as you said, we should encourage our kids to play instruments, to do it well, and if we play bad music in our churches, there's not that much incentive for talented people to want to be coming through and playing it. Mm. You know, as uh, Alex already mentioned in Ephesians and also Colossians, it talks about psalms, hymns, and spiritual songs. Uh, I, I love that because I've I've done the word study on those, and and uh, they don't mean everything we think they would mean today. But doesn't it show how? God loves variety, Keith. I mean, you know, I love That's the hymns. That's exactly what it means. Amen. That's exactly right. You're, well, yeah, you speak said, to you that. Right. You well, speak you to said, that. 
You've said it exactly right. You take 10 theologians on that passage, and they all disagree what those words mean. But what you've, you've hit the nail on the head. What they do say is that, they, that they, it is a variety of poetry. You know, if the Psalms teach us one thing about poetic style, it's that there is no specific poetic style that matters. <laughs> but what it does matter is we bring ourselves, and we bring our laments, and we bring our joy, and then we look to the one who is from everlasting to everlasting. The singer-songwriter... The singer-songwriter, the country musician, the rap artist, they bring their anger, and it never gets higher than themselves. We bring, we bring our emotions to the Lord, and then we lift them. You're the hearing Keith Getty here on Exploring the Word. Welcome back to Exploring the Word on American Family Radio. You're my defender. Welcome back to Exploring the Word. Bert and Alex with you on this Friday, special edition of Fireway Friday. Uh, we're not taking questions today. Every once in a while, we have a special, special guest that we get to interview, and we try to do those on Friday as best we can. And this Friday, it's Keith Getty from Keith and, and Kristen Getty, and their music has has blessed so many people. And I'm one of those that uh, I, I stand in amazement of musicians because they have what I do not have. Uh, they're, they're poets, they're artists, they, they can produce it. Uh, and I just sit back and enjoy it and appreciate it. And, and I want to share with you, uh, as we begin this, everybody's got their favorites, uh, songs and, uh, don't make it bigger than they are. These usually preferences, but, but I just decided I'd write down three songs that when I, Think of the three songs or three songs that have touched my life and I consider maybe the best. And now this is from somebody that can just appreciate it from listening, not producing. But when I survey the wondrous cross is just so powerful. And every time I sing it, I am just overwhelmed. Amazing grace is just beyond measure. Everyone knows it. But the other one that I put up there with them is in Christ alone. And I, I remember where I was the first time I ever heard that song uh, being sung. And it is one of the most amazing songs that I believe uh, of our generation. And, uh, Keith, I just want to let you know that. I, uh, it's, it's that top. And, Alex, I know you love it as well. I do, I do. Uh, Keith, um, how, how did you come to write that? What, what was God doing in your life that brought that song out? Well, I mean, it was a much wider thing in that we just wanted to write hymns that gave people, help people understand the Bible, understand the gospel. And Stuart Tynan had written How Deep the Father's Love, which I thought was amazing. And I said, but if you could do the whole gospel story in a song, I got this melody and I put in the melody. And then I, so I had a melody and a concept. And, and I, I, I was kind of influential on that line in Christ alone. That was, that was my line. But, but the rest of it was all Stuart, and he he really did the lyric, he did the lyric in that, and 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 that's what it was. It really it was our first hymn that was launched, and it really just gave, gave us this extraordinary opportunity in life to to write hymns for the church. Let me ask you this, because um, a few minutes ago you mentioned um, something to the effect of if if the church produces you know bad music or or, or things of of a poor level. Uh, whether by composition or performance, there's not an incentive for people with talent 
to really come forward and serve the Lord. And I, I know, you know, having kind of spoken in a lot of places, sometimes there's the assumption that that music is just completely uh, subjective. I mean, we all have our taste, and one is not better than another. But here's my question. Is there art that's actually more beautiful than another? Maybe, I'm going to say it, better than another? And what's the church's responsibility to pursue worship of God through the arts that is the highest, most beautiful possible? Well, I think I think all of us need to do everything we can to the best of our ability. I think that's important, whether, whether it's a mother uh, preparing a dinner or, or a father preparing a dinner or... Or, or, or providing hospitality for people, or or doing a service for a church or a community, uh, or going to work each day and making a radio program. I think, I think we create things and say they are good because that is how we've been created in God's image. Um, but I think when it comes to congregations and singing, but I, I think creating beautiful melodies that everyone can sing together is the key thing, um, and, and songs that serve those people. But of course. But of course, music, like any other form of art, we have to enjoy. So when we think about eating, so when I take Kristen out for our anniversary, I don't go to some place and go, Kristen, the food is, the vitamins, the vitamins in the food are really sound, and the roof keeps the wall in, and take her to this place like some horrible barn. Do you know what I mean? No, you take her somewhere that's beautiful. They've got maybe got flowers in the table, and they present the food beautifully, and it's a nice ambiance or a nice view, and then you can smell the food so beautiful, and so. Because that's all part of it. Um, because that's how God has made us to love beautiful things, to get attracted to people because of their beauty. That's that's how we are. So we want to write songs and write, write poetry and write music that 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 help us see the Lord in, in ways that are beautiful and attractive for ourselves and for everyone else. And I've learned it a lot with our girls as we've taught our girls songs. Sometimes we start a song, sometimes it's even our song. And we realize they just don't really like it. And then we realize, hmm, maybe that's not so good, you know? <laughs> and it's not that it's unsigned or wrong or evil or bad. It's just not very good. <laughs> so, so that's the thing, you know, something like Amazing Grace. It's just this timeless, perfect melody that any community, any age, in any part of the world can immediately sing and enjoy together. And so, so you know, if you, if you keep choosing bad songs, the congregation aren't going to sing that well. If you suddenly start singing Amazing Grace, How Great Thou Art, Holy, holy, holy. Um, my hope is built of nothing less. Everyone's going to start singing. Mm-hmm. Because it's just better songs. Do you know what I mean? So I encourage everyone, especially at the start of a service, but when you're choosing songs for your service, respect your congregation and love your people enough to choose good songs. Pastors, parents, you know, fill your homes and your churches. Take a lead and fill your homes and churches with, with, with really good songs that sing well and inspire your church. Let me give a scripture, and then we're going to uh, have another song, Christ Alone Song. But here, here it is. As a pastor, here's what I shared with those that were the worship leaders in music. I consider myself a worship leader because when you take the Word of God and open it, you should be leading in worship to see God. But listen to this, guys. It's in Matthew. It's, it's at the end of the parables that Jesus taught there. And Jesus said to them, have you understood all these things? And that's about the parables that he had shared. And they said to him, yes, Lord. Now, I think they said it a little bit too definitely. I don't think they quite did. But listen to verse 52 of of Matthew chapter 13. Therefore, this is what Jesus said. Therefore, every scribe 
instructed concerning the kingdom of heaven is like a householder who brings out his treasure, things new and old. Now, if I understand it right, uh, Keith and Alex, a songwriter, someone like that, is, is kind of like a scribe. He is bringing out the word of God, and that's what we're talking about, singing the scriptures. And the, here's, here is the measuring stick. Is it a treasure? It doesn't matter if it's old or if it's new. Those churches that sing, we only sing the old songs. They're missing out on some great stuff. And then those churches that said, we're just bringing in the new stuff. They're missing out on some treasures. These treasures that demonstrate Christ, uh, man, we need to sing them. And that's what I hear you saying, Keith. Right. Right. No, absolutely. Absolutely. And we find with the kids' hymns thing, you know, our kids, like like next week, and each Tuesday night at 7.15, people can tune into the kids' thing, or they can just watch it on YouTube afterwards. And last week, we started with All Hail the Power of Jesus' Name, and they just love that. The week before, they started with All Things Bright and Beautiful. Next Tuesday night, they're starting with Blessed Assurance, Jesus is Mine. But then they also do His Mercy is More and Christ Alone and other songs as well. Well, amen. Uh, be- before we go too far, uh, and I know time fleets away, uh, give us your website and especially the um, Sing the Scriptures, the, the big event that you're doing, and how can people find you, Keith? Sure. The, the, the Sing conferences in the beginning of September, you can go to gettymusic.com, gettymusic.com, and it'll take you anywhere you want to go. And the gettymusicworshipconference.com is its own site as well. But then if you want to get if you want to get the new song, you can go to either Spotify, where it's free, the Christ Hope and Life and Death that you guys played today. It's on Spotify or on YouTube. And if you want to watch the Family Hymns thing, you can, it's also on YouTube. You can you can pick them up, just put in Getty Family Hymns thing, and the Family Hymns are up there. And then each Tuesday night, um, throughout this whole season, probably right up to the same conference, we're going to be doing we're going to be doing a Tuesday night Family Hymns thing. Um, as I said, on our Facebook, you just go to Keith and Chris and Getty on Facebook. And uh, and then it'll be on YouTube the next day. But you can go check them out on YouTube now if you want. Uh, Keith, and, I've uh, got to ask you this. I'm to watch your family. I've got to ask you this. Um, just like the Beatles, I mean, you were made an or member of the British Empire, right? Yeah, order order British Empire. Yeah. So should we call you Sir Keith? No, it's one step higher. I'm one below that. <laughs> <laughs> well, I, I do want to say that that is a great honor. I mean, congratulations. I mean, that is a great it honor, is. brother. Congratulations. Well, listen, let's get in Christ alone. And Alex, before we sing it, uh, we want them to hear a phrase that you just, you. when we're off there, you were saying, Keith, thank you for leaving that in. Would you give a small, short introduction to that, and then we'll play in Christ alone? Well, yeah, I, I happen to know that um, there was a little, one one particular denomination wanted to use this song, but change, because there's there's a certain line, and Keith, you, you defended this lyric and, and explain that because I'm so glad you did. Yeah. A number of years ago, there was a couple of hymns that wanted to change the words and take the idea of Roth out of the song and uh, because they said it didn't fit a 21st century thinking. And uh, when we just look around us right now at, at the coronavirus and the tragedy that is on our doorsteps, it's only going to get considerably worse for the next three months here in America. We're going to be facing death every day of people we know, of people ill, illnesses of people we know. People will lose their life's work. Many of them will because of the, the financial implications of everything that's happening. Uh, and yet and yet in Christ alone, we can still sing in Christ alone and hope is fine. And so I think I think to, to say that we, we in the 21st century are somehow past 
the idea of thinking about wrath, the wrath of God. I think as all of us faith death, there's nothing we should fear more than the wrath of God for sin. And uh, so so that was why we kept it in. And uh, I hope this song and many, and many other great hymns can, can be our hope in this time. I hope if you haven't considered how you stand before God, that there is no there is no, absolutely no greater question for you to be asking tonight and uh, that you will, uh, you will make yourself right with him as well. Well, let's listen to, in my opinion, the greatest song written in the last few years, In Christ Alone. In Christ alone my hope is found He is my light, my strength, my soul This cornerstone, this solid ground Firm through the fiercest drought and storm What heights of love, what depths of peace When fears are still and striving cease my all and all Here in the love of Christ I stand In Christ alone Who took on flesh Fullness of God in helpless babe this gift of love and righteousness Scorned by the ones He came to save Till on the cross as Jesus died The wrath of God was satisfied For every sin on Him was laid Here in the death of Christ I live Commands my destiny, and no power of hell. 
Till he returns or calls me home Here in the park of Christ I'll stand And I, I, I just thank you, Keith. Thank you for leaving every word in that song. You know, there's some songs that you say there's not a word that is wasted, not a word that doesn't grip. And uh, I I thank you for that song and uh, tell everyone that had a part of producing it, writing it, singing it, how great it was, brother. Thank you so much, man. Thank you. It's always a privilege to be on the show. Alex, it's been a great day, hasn't it? Absolutely. Praise God. And folks, hey, watch some good church on online Sunday. I know we can't go to church this Sunday, but isn't it a blessing that we can connect through radio and online and streaming like this, Bert? It is. And if they just have Bible study, go to YouTube and get in the Gettys and start hearing some of their songs. They will bless your life as they have blessed mine. Keith, again, thank you. And praise the Lord for singing scriptures. May God bless it, brother. Thanks so much, man. Thanks so much, guys. Alex, we'll see you next week with more of Exploring the Word as we open up the Word of God and let Jesus shine in our lives and in our hearts that others might see Christ in us, the hope of glory. The views and opinions expressed in this broadcast may not necessarily reflect those of the American Family Association or American Family Radio.